So hello everybody and welcome to Let's Talk Cars, a show where we discuss all things auto, moto, and with a little bit of my life sprinkled in. If you enjoy, be sure to rate this five stars and share with your peoples. And don't forget, if you have any questions or any insight on any of the things that I'm talking about, be sure to hit me up on Instagram at T-A-R-I-G-W-A-L-D-R-O-N. That's Tyreek Wardron. Now that the title says, Let's Talk Cars. Now, today's topic actually brings us back to the 60s, late 60s to be exact. And we're talking about the judge, the GTO, 1969 Pontiac GTO judge, first ever made, I guess. Um, But we're going to basically go through its origins first. Then we're going to step up a little bit into the car of, of the time, you know what I'm saying, the predecessors and just run down a time frame. So, of course, the predecessor to the GTO in general was the Pontiac Tempest. That was made from 1960 to 1970. The first Pontiac popped out in 1964. It might be 1963, but the one I remember being first was 1964. And the Pontiac Tempest came back again in 1987 to 1991. It was a sport coupe, basically. And then we go into our GTO. The first generation GTO was a muscle car, and that was produced from 60s and the 70s. Now, it was offering a variety of, you know, competing models, and the GTO came in, the Pontiac Le Mans, um, intermediate size. Uh, There was a whole bunch of different, Things that came through with separate models, having specific VINs and having optional packages to also include the Le Mans. Um, there's also the compact size Ventura. Now, the let me see here. By the early 1960s, Pontiac's advertising and marketing approach was heavily based on like performance. With um, GM's ban on factory-sponsored racing, Pontiac managers had to emphasize like street performance. Uh, there are people like John DeLorean, Bill Collins, and Russ Gee. They were responsible for the GTO's creation in general, and they wanted to transform what I originally said, the Pontiac Tempest. They wanted to redesign it, but it ended up coming out as a completely different car. Now, the name that was actually DeLorean's idea was inspired from the Ferrari 250 GTO. The uh, successful race car was an Italian abbreviation for um, Gran Turismo Homologato, which is like Grand Tour Homologated. I don't know. But it's Grand Tour something. I don't know what that last one is. I do not speak Italian. But uh, it is definitely a. It was a certified car for the Grand Tour class, and the Pontiac GTO was actually never really a Grand Tour race car. Um, it was supposed to be called the Grand Tempest Option, but I don't know what they did with that. They just made it a Grand Tour Amalgato. That's why they used the GTO name. But 
some may say it's Grand Tempest option. Now, of course, there's a first generation. Don't get me wrong. It is absolutely stunning, absolutely sexy from 1964 to 1967. Uh, came in a two-door convertible, a two-door hot top, and a two-door coupe. The platform was on the A-body, um, and it's related to... I don't even tell you what it's related to. But that also came with three-speed three manual, four-speed manual, two-speed automatic, and a three-speed automatic. Now, it had the Pontiac Le Mans, um, Le Mans uh, package, which was also available in all three body styles. That was like $300 extra. Um, it had her shifters, stiffer springs, large diameter front sway bars compared to the car that it started from, which was, well, actually, no, I'm just giving you the details of the package. Um, but that is compared to basically the car that it started from, which was, who is texting me? Which was the um, Tempest. Now, we go into the generation I know well. Well, not know well, but the generation I know of, which just so happens to be the car that we're talking about today. Now, of course, there was a 1968 GTO as well. Um, that, I'm not sure how well that did. I mean, I'm not sure if it, I'm not sure how much is how well it sold in that time frame, the 1968, but we're mainly focusing on focusing on the 1969, which is when the judge name was coined. Now, the 1969 model it eliminated the front door vent uh, windows, had a slight grill and taillight revision. Um, it moved the ignition key from the dashboard to the steering column, uh, like which was. A federal requirement installed like one year ahead of schedule. Like rather than you know how some cars today they have the push to start, but the key fob, not key fob, but the uh where you put the key, the ignition key, where you put the key is still on the steering column, and when you turn it off, it locks and all that shit. That was a federal requirement in 1970. 1969, they implemented it just before that. Um the Let's see, there was a gauge face as well. That was changed from steel blue to black. Uh, the quarter panel mounted side marker lamps changed from a red lens shape, like the Pontiac Arrowhead emblem, to one of the um the broad GTO badges. Like it was shaped like a GTO badge. Uh, there was, in 1968, there was an economy engine with a standard 350 horsepower, 400 cubic inch. Uh, that remained... But there was a upgraded package that you could get, which had 360 horsepower. Um, and I think that was what? The Ram Air 3? Yeah, the Ram Air 3 engine rated at 366 at 5,100 RPMs. Uh, the top option was a Ram Air 4. That was rated at what, like 370 base horsepower, something like that. And that was at 5,500 RPMs, 445 pieces. 445 pounds of torque at 3,900 RPM. Now, there were, of course, you know, it had high-flow exhaust manifolds. There was high-flow cylinder heads, um, a specific, like, high-rise uh, intake manifold. I think it was aluminum. Uh, it had a quadrajet four-barrel carburetor, high-lift long-duration camshaft, had a lot of shit in there. <laughs> um, and it had other various, you know, um components on the inside. 
uh, for standing higher engine speeds and power output. Um, the Ram Air 4, it utilized uh, hydraulic shifters, not shifters, lifters, hydraulic lifters uh, to um, obtain higher RPMs and shit like that. Now, obviously, the actual power from these engines, the Ram Air 3 and the Ram Air 4, they were, them shits were suspect because I'm almost certain those cars were definitely able to push past up to almost 400, maybe 380, 390 horsepower coming out of the dealer. So I think they just undersold that in order to appeal to, you know, everyone. Because I don't think anybody's going to buy those type of cars or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Now, the model called the Judge was introduced. Now, that name came from a fun fact. It came from a comedy routine called Here Come the Judge used by, who was that? Uh, Rowan and Martin's laughing TV show, The Judge Routine. It made it was made popular by um, a comedian by the name of Flip Wilson, if you don't know who Flip Wilson is, uh, he was an American comedian and actor, and he was best known for his appearances in the um, late 60s and 70s. Uh, he had the Flip Wilson show. He had a recurring character, Geraldine, Geraldine. Uh, he won a Golden Globe, two Emmy Awards. Definitely check him out, you know what I'm saying, in the times that this was at. African-American man doing comedy, all that stuff is fantastic. Definitely check that out uh but back to the car um let's see where did i leave off <laughs> i got notes and shit but you know, that, you know what i'm saying that, that don't that ain't hit forever you know what i'm saying i gotta be on point with it uh anyway so like i said the new model called the judge was made popular by the comedian flip wilson it was borrowed from somebody. Dewey something. Dewey Markham. My bad. Dewey Markham. See, I got my notes right here, but I got it written all over the place. It ain't necessarily in order. So just bear with me. You know what I'm saying? Podcast. It's all right. It's all right. It's an amateur joint. It's an amateur joint. But you know what I'm saying? Still rated five stars if you enjoy. Uh, and originally, the judge was supposed to be a low-cost GTO, stripped of all the features, and it was to made to be made competitive with the greatest car of all time, the Plymouth Roadrunner. Don't you dare. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the package was, at the time, $330, bucks, um, more expensive than the standard GTO, and it included the Ram Air 3 engine fresh off the gate. It took out the... Well, it had rally two wheels, but it didn't have the trim rings. If you don't know what those are, honestly, I cannot describe it for you. But it adds a little bit more weight to the car. It had the hearse shifter, but it had a unique T-shaped handle. Um, had wider tires, various decals, and it also had a rear spoiler. They used to say that the, the spoiler used to add extra and additional measurable downforce, which is false because... If it was made for the street, I guarantee you, you are not going to experience any type of downforce within that. You're not going to get the full measure of that. Like, it, you could only feel it at the higher speeds, and people were just not going to do that unless they hit a track, which they probably weren't going to do in the first place. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm pretty sure the GTO had its own motorsports series. I, that's in my notes somewhere. I'll probably get to it. But 
I don't think that was necessarily a big seller, a big sell point. You know what I'm saying? I don't think anybody really cared what the hell downforce was at that time. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was little it was a little it was of little value at legal speeds. Um, now the judge originally came in red or what? What did they call that shit? Carousel red? Yeah, I think carousel red. But they definitely added way more colors in later on, like literally halfway through the year, like four or five months in. Um, now, obviously, the GTO, the judge at the time didn't really sell crazy, but it 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 was surpassed by, of course, the Chevelle SS and my best and the best car of, of, of all time, the Plymouth Roadrunner. Um but the nineteen sixty-nine model year was sold what seventy-two grand? And it had 6800 in the judge package. And there was, uh, if you didn't know, I mean, not that car featured, but one of those cars was featured in the Punisher. I forgot which one it was. The uh, the 2004 Punisher. Not necessarily a classic. It was all right. It was a good rendition of the Punisher, but eh, not necessarily my cup of tea. Now, of course, there were judges after that, you know what I'm saying, the 1970 model. Um, Not really going to talk about that. I'm only here for the 1969 model. That's the only one I know of. That's the one that I actually was in. That's the only one I can give you any insider knowledge on, basically. (laughs) That's the one I was able to get notes of. Um, But I think with the 1970 model, it went into a little bit... um, the suspension was upgraded. It had a rear anti-roll bar, like the same shit off the Oldsmobile uh, 442 and the Buick Grand Sport. Um, the front uh, anti-roll bar was stiffer than the rear. The result was a useful reduction in body lean and turns, and it helped with steering, understeering. You know what I'm saying? At the times when power steering, oh, I think they had power steering. Yeah, they had an optional variation. They had a variable ratio power steering in there, in there as well. So you know what I'm saying at a time when it was hard as shit to steer and handling wasn't the best. Here comes Pontiac making innovations. Uh, <laughs> but um, let's see the new option, the new like the new judge option had a 455 horsepower uh, engine, um, which shouldn't have been. And in, in, if I'm being clear, because uh, it's just my my personal fucking opinion. Uh, I had a long stroke, you know, a long stroke engine available in the full size. Uh, there was some other shit in there. I honestly cannot tell y'all right now, because <laughs> I mean, I wasn't 1970 and really the one I was really focused on. Uh, there's a 1971 models, which was just completely nasty. And by nasty, I just mean it just wasn't. It, it just wasn't. I mean, it looked it looked alright, not the best, but it looked alright. Um, yeah. Now there were a ton of generations that constantly came out. Um, third generation in the 1970s. Uh, GTO was an option package for the Lamars. Featured a red skin A body, um, hard top styling. But uh, 
It wasn't really the car that most people came to. It was similar body to like a Cutlass of the Times. Um, it was offered in the Le Mans Coupe and the Le Mans Sport Coupe. Uh, had a cloth and vinyl, all vinyl bench seat. You know what I'm saying? That's really all I could think of. That's all I remember. That's all I remember from that conversation about any future generations. Uh, then there's the 1970s that came forth, not the 1973, but the 1970, what, 4, 75, that came in a shorter wheelbase and was trying to appeal to the newer market of people who wanted more compact cars. It didn't really sell well at all. Uh, <laughs> it was honestly horrific. Terrific. It was not good enough to justify continuing the production of the GTO model. And it was just done. Now, there was the fifth generation that came out. Jesus, I don't even know when. By, uh, when Holden took over. Uh, Holden Monaro or Vauxhall, whatever the hell it is now. I don't know what it's called now. But the platform was a V-body. It was related to like the Cadillac Caterra or the Holden Caprice 2. You know what I'm saying? It was a two-body coupe, two-door coupe, two-body. Jesus Christ. One thing that did remain was the engines, the LS1 and the LS2, 400 horsepower, 350 horsepower from the LS1, um, 495 pounds of torque, 542 pounds of torque, four-speed automatic, six-speed manual, um, definitely a shorter wheelbase. This was in early 2000s when cars were not looking their best, in my personal opinion. <laughs> cars of like like the 90s to the early 2000s were not the greatest. They were not the greatest. If you wanted a a fashionable, a good-looking sports car, like the Camaros at the time, um, don't get me wrong, powerful, but hideous. I don't know what was going on with that styling. Um, the Mustang, don't get me wrong, the Mustang is beautiful. I have one from the 90s, so I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> I have no idea what the, what the fucking Dodgers look like. Um, eh, I might check that up later. I don't know. But there was a 1999 concept car. I have no idea what that shit looks like because I wasn't around in 1999. <laughs> but um, there was one thing with the motorsports uh, driver by the name of David Pearson. If you don't know who David Pearson is, he's an American stock car. He's an American stock car racer from Spartanburg, South Carolina, and um, he began. He did NASCAR in the 1960s. Uh, ended his first season by winning the 1960 NASCAR Rookie of the Year Award. He won three championships, and he took the 1971 GTO to the Winston Cup Series, and I'm pretty sure he fucking won. Nope, he might not have. I believe he won. Nope, he did not. He did not win. But he did drive that motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Now, of course, production numbers weren't the greatest but if we go to the 61,000 for the 1969 model probably more I'm guessing so probably like 70 grand uh, 1968 was about 80 to 85 grand the 1967 same numbers 1964 only hit about I think 35, 1965, jumped to 70. And the 1966 model was, I think, 90K. So 1966 model might be their best-selling year. 
It was the best-selling year for the GTO itself. But the Judge sold at approximately 70K. Those are the production numbers for the car. And now we come into the segment where I talk about, uh, I don't know. I'm not necessarily sure what I'm talking about. But um, television culture at a time in the 1960s, television culture definitely can influence the minds of the people. Uh, You know what I'm saying? Pontiac definitely tried to use that. Here comes the judge um, markup line to uh, continue to sell their automobile and appeal to the generations of the time that enjoyed the shows or whatever. Shout out to Flip Wilson. He's deceased right now, but respect to the man. Uh, shout out to all the people. Why am, I, why am I talking like that? I have respect for every and everyone. But definitely, I want to just say thank you for the people of the times uh, of my background that now allow me to do all the things that I'm able to do today. And I want to the utmost respect to all, the utmost respect to everyone. Uh, it was a time of grief and fighting, but we pushed through. And here we are today, able to speak freely and continue to do our shit. I mean, we still have some, we still have some hiccups, don't get me wrong. We still have some hiccups, but we're moving forward. We're becoming, we're becoming greater. Uh, Now, there are two models that stand out to me, the 1967-year model and the 1964. The reason behind it, however, may not be so incredible. Now, in in the Avengers movie, well, not Avengers, what was that movie? Um, Captain Marvel. In the Captain Marvel movie that came out, what, 2018 or 2019, possibly? Um... Nick Fury, he was driving a, what I believe to be a 1964 year model, um, GTO. And from that moment on, I had been fascinated about the GTO, which in turn resulted in me being co-driver, passenger, whatever, of a 1969 <laughs> Pontiac GTO. So I want to shout out to Captain Marvel and shout out to the 1964 year model, even though I'm not necessarily sure if it was 1964 or 1967, but, you know, it's like, uh, we, we just go around with 64, you know what I'm saying? The original is always better. And to this day, I'm still trying to get either behind the wheel or just in the car, one that's working, one that's operational or somewhat operational. It doesn't even have to drive. I just want to hear it turn on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's about it. That is all, you know what I'm saying? That 1964-year model was beautiful. It's a classic. It's not too aggressive. Well, it is actually a fairly aggressive look, but I enjoy the styling. Like, from the 1964 to 1967, the styling remained relatively the same. Well, 1968. The styling uh, remained relatively similar. 1968, they decided to change up the model a little bit and then redes- damn near redesigned it completely. But 1964 to 1967 kept that same look. Uh, and the car looked magnificent. I think it had what the two front, the two front uh scoops on it, as well as uh some rear wings on the back of it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, I didn't spend time analyzing the look, but I just wanted to just be a part of something. You know what I'm saying with a GTO. Okay, there might be an emergency going on out there. Um, 
But uh, that's about it for me. If uh, you know what I'm saying, if you what am, what, am, what am I doing? What am I doing? I have a whole actual thing that I say to get up out of here. <laughs> but today's topic was the 1969 uh, Pontiac GTO Judge. And I want to know what y'all think about the car. I want to know what y'all think about the era, what y'all think about the times. Um, I want to know what y'all think about the cars that came up out the out those times. You know what I'm saying? 1960 to 1969, 1970, whatever. Uh, the greatest car of all time is a 1970 Plymouth Road Runner. Don't at me. Um, well, yeah, actually, do at me. <laughs> but uh, and with that, the episode comes to an end. As always, I be sure to share if you enjoyed or if you didn't. Let me know what to improve on. Uh, you can reach me on Instagram at Tariq Waldron. That's T-A-R-I-G-W-A-L-D as in dog, R-O-N. But I'm out of here. Got things to do. And peace be on to you.